Numbers chapter 35. Let's begin with verse number six. Well, for the sake of time, verse number nine. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, when you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall select for yourselves cities to be your cities of refuge that the manslayer who has killed any person unintentionally may flee there. And the city shall be to you as a refuge from the avenger so that the manslayer may not die until he stands before the congregation for trial. And the cities which you are to give shall be your six cities of refuge. You shall give three cities across the Jordan and three cities in the land of Canaan. They are to be cities of refuge. These six cities shall be for refuge for the sons of Israel and for the alien and for the sojourner among them. And anyone who kills a person unintentionally may flee there. Y'all all right? But if he struck him down with an iron object so that he died, he is a murderer. And mur the murderer shall surely be put to death. <laughs> Y'all smell what's brewing, brewing in the word of God? And if he struck him down with a stone in the hand by which he may die, and as a result he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. Or if he struck him with a wooden object in the hand by which he may die, and as a result he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. The blood avenger himself shall put the murderer to death. He shall put him to death when he meets him. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk about this morning, grace. Too amazing to hate on. Grace, too amazing to hate on. And you know, as we begin this expedition, we're going to start very academically. Because I'm not, uh, I, I don't want you to be promiscuous with your amens and hallelujahs. I want you to listen. I want the rain to be slow so that it can soak, so that you understand that the word of God is just not interested in your emotion. It's in the word. God is interested in your intellect for you to be able to embrace this with your mind and your heart and not just be a heart person and respond emotionally. I'm not going to go over all of the things that are going on with, uh, in the city of Dallas, but if you've, if you've been in Dallas, if you've been here, if you watch TV, if you've been on the internet, you know what's been going on uh, with the, the case of, of, of our, brother, uh, our late brother Botham John and all that's been going on. So I'm not going to rehash that because I'm not concerned necessarily with what's going on uh, with the injustices as black people. Because the reality, as a black man, there's things, there are things I don't want to stand for. As a black man, I don't want to stand for injustice because of the color of my skin. 
as a black man, I don't want it to, I don't want, I don't want law to slant against me because of the color of my skin. As a black man, if you do something to one of my children, if you do something to one of my family members, if you do something to one of my congregants, as a black man, as a black preacher, I, I, I want to do something about it because I feel like it's based upon discrimination, it's based upon prejudice, and it's based upon the fact that after years of unfair treatment and years of slavery even back then and years of conditioning, we live in a nation that still has a law that is not inclusive of all people even though it says this law and the, and, and, and is for all people and we live in a nation with that has a constitution and a justice system that wasn't meant for people who were considered less than human during the time it was written. Oh my God, I don't want to get Afrocentric up in here. So as a black man, emotionally I am upset. And if I operate as a black man, if I operate as a citizen, if I operate as, as a, a person who, ha who can't stand injustice, it might make sense for me to go after who needs to be going after. But the problem is a long time ago I was born again. And God changed me and he made me a citizen of another place. And the place he made me a citizen of, I'm a citizen of that place, not as a black man, but as a blood-bought, blood-covered believer of Jesus Christ. I say this because the church is going to have to be careful that we find the balance uh, of having a righteous indignation because of injustice, yet realizing that this world is not our home, so stop trying to get home justice from a world that doesn't even belong to you. So we need to understand this theologically first to understand it so that we can bring it into present and apply it to us today. Am I saying there's anything wrong with justice? No, God created justice. God is a God of justice. If you write notes, write that down first. The more robust justice is, is the more robust grace is. God is a God of justice. The more uh, the, more, the more horrible the penalty of, of wrong is, is the more beautiful the grace of deliverance is. You have to have a justice that is no nonsense for a grace that is received to be appreciated. God is a God of justice. Before the law of Moses, God established some things. Go to Genesis 9 and 6. We're going to move around and we're going to talk about this. And uh, let's move quickly. Genesis 9 and 6. Before there was the law. This is a pre-law thing. That means before the law of Moses. If you want to know what God's law is, it's the law of Moses. Before the law of Moses, before Moses was born, God put in place a law and it's the law of recompense, otherwise known as the law of retribution. Everybody say retribution. The law of retribution says if you do it, it gets done back to you. It's the law that says that some people who don't know God call it karma. 
Before there was karma in Eastern religions, God put in place the law of retribution. And Genesis 9 and 6 is where we first see it, particularly pertaining to murder or manslaying. What does the Bible say? Whoever shed man's blood. Whoever shed man's blood. By man his blood shall be shed. Period. That's God's justice. You shed man's blood, then by man your blood will be shed. That's what is fair to God. God set that up. Are you understanding this? That's justice. God is a God of justice. He is a God of righteousness. We cannot, even in the face of grace, teach a doctrine that says that grace moves justice away. Because grace does not dismiss justice. Write that down. That's good stuff. Grace does not dismiss justice. It doesn't argue with justice, okay? We sing a lot of songs and we have a lot of, uh, uh, we have a lot of doxology that says, you know, justice demanded I will die, but grace said, no, 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 that's not what grace says. That's not what grace says. Grace doesn't make justice invalid. Because God is a God of justice and grace. And everything God is, he is completely. He is completely a God of justice. He is completely a God of mercy. He is completely a God of grace. He is completely a God of righteousness. And if you want to see God's justice, this law of retribution, it says if you kill somebody and you shed blood, then by man your blood shall be shed. Okay? We get to the law of Moses in Exodus chapter 22. Let's go there. 21 actually. Good. I want you to follow. Now this is when God put a law to the principle. He put a law to the principle. The principle is retribution. Now he has a law and establishes the law of retribution. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 21 verse 12 through 14 what? Anybody that strikes a man so that he dies shall surely be put to death. Is that in your Bible? This is justice. This is God's justice. If you strike a man so that he die, you shall be put to death. Read. But if he did not lie and wait for him. If, now watch this. Watch the grace. If he did not lie and wait for him. But God let him fall into his hands. But God let him fall into his hands. Then I will appoint you a place. Here's grace. Grace says, not that if you kill somebody, you don't die. He says, grace says, if you kill somebody, you didn't mean to do it. I'm going to provide you a place to run so that the next of kin can't kill you. It do, he doesn't say the next of kin doesn't have a right to kill you. That's what he doesn't say. He doesn't say that the person who is the relative of the person can't kill you. He never takes away a person's right for justice. Right. Y'all not hearing me in here. He's merciful, but his mercy doesn't say if I kill your brother in the Old Testament that you can't kill me. If I accidentally kill your brother, God doesn't say, well, you can't kill him. It's an accident. He says, I tell you what, 
for those who didn't mean to do it, I'm going to provide cities that you can get to so that this person can't kill you as long as you're in the place of grace. Y'all all right? Okay, everybody go to Joshua. What we read in Numbers, uh, that was the actual law uh, that God says, I want you to appoint when you get over to the promised land, I want you to appoint cities. When we get to Joshua chapter 20, they, they've crossed the Jordan River, and now it's time for them to put in place what God said for the person who kills someone unwittingly. And guess what? The person who had the right to kill them to get vengeance was not the community. See, y'all not hearing me up in here. I'm just telling you what God loved. The person that had the right to get the person was the person's relative. Now, if the relative decided I'm not going to get you, the community had no business still protesting the relative's decision. Because who had the right to exact justice? Isn't it crazy how you can do something and the person you immediately offended will forgive you and the people that just know about it from the outside looking in got a problem forgiving you? If I offend Brother Jones and Brother Jones says, man, I'm letting it go, don't worry about it, I'm not going to get you, you ain't got no business trying to lynch me when I offended him first. Yeah. Watch this, Joshua. Joshua chapter 20, start with verse number 1. Then the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, What did he say? Speak to the sons of Now this is the word of God. This is the word of God, okay? My, not my opinion, this is the word of God. As a black man, I don't want to respect it at times. But when I was born again, he called me to be more than the color of my skin. Now, I'm validating the emotion that comes with injustice. The emotion that comes with injustice is anger. And God knows we're developmental. God turns on his anger when he wants to. Some of us can't control that anger. I get it, and God gets it. That's why he made these cities. If by chance the avenger can calm down, while the person's out of sight. Okay. We are developmental. We're angry. We're angry. We want to see something. But that's because we're on the side of justice that favors us. Let's read this text. We got to go. Read. Speak to the sons of Israel saying. Speak to the so They actually get to the promised land. And this is what, this is what they do. This, God is rehashing this. Read. Designate the cities of refuge of which I spoke to you through Moses, uh -huh. that the manslayer who kills any person uh -huh. unintentionally, unintentionally, without premeditation. With, see, you see this? This is without premeditation. May Meaning I wasn't your hater. I wasn't trying to hate on you. I wasn't trying to get you to run that chain. Some of y'all like, what? Run that chain. Like this guy has a gold chain. Run that chain. No? I mean, it's New York. Maybe that's a New York thing. That means give me that chain. 
run them shoes. Y'all didn't know what that means? I'm sorry. I've still got New York in me. I guess here they say, give me your chain, please. <laughs> give me your chain, please. I'm only going to ask once. Sorry, we say run that chain. And if you don't know the language, you're in trouble. You say, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Read, watch this. Without premeditation may flee there. May flee there. And they shall become your refuge uh -huh. from the avenger of blood. Read. And he shall flee to one of these cities. He shall flee to one of these cities. And shall stand at the entrance of the gate. Stand at the entrance of the gate. Of the city and state. Read. His case. He shall state his case. In the hearing of the elders. In the hearing of the elders, of not the elders as in what we have here, the elders of the city, the older men who were the judges of the city, read. And they shall take him unto, into the city. They're going to take him into the city. To them and give him a place. Give him a place. Why? Yeah. It's a refuge. Give me a place. Now, who is he escaping? He escaped, he's escaping the avenger because the avenger has the right to exact vengeance. It's his right. It's his God-given right. Not man-made right. God set this up. Read. So that he may dwell among them. Mm -hmm. Now if the avenger of blood mm -hmm. pursues him. Drop down to verse number seven. We'll be here all day and then they'll be blaming you for why we're here late. <laughs> Read. So, so they said... So they set him apart, Kadesh and Galilee. So here are the cities. They, have, they had Kadesh. In Everybody follow. I need six men. There's only one man in here. <laughs> Guess everybody else. Six men. That's right. Y'all stand three on that side, three on this side. How you doing, Adolphus? Well, Jared, you go on and sit there. Sit down. Let Adolphus come. It's so good to see Adolphus. He's... Yeah, good to see you, Jared, but I saw you sleeping, so go on and finish sleeping. <laughs> now, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Bad preacher, joke, okay, joke. Was it a joke? Okay. I need you to stand here, I need you to stand here, and I need you, Adolphus, to stand there, okay? I like illustrations that engages people. Stand just like them. Spread out, you guys. Yeah, and you spread out up here, you out there. So watch this. You had the Jordan River, okay? They crossed the Jordan to get to the promised land, mm -hmm. which means either <laughs> the Jordan River is a type of baptism. You know that, right? Amen. Type of death, spiritual death, right? Amen. On both sides, there was refuge. <laughs> there was a refuge on this side. Then if they should cross Jordan's chilly river, there's a refuge on this side. I'm going to bring that up again. Just watch this. They chose Kadesh. Okay? There's a whole lot of words. I mean, basically, Kadesh, Shechem, and what? Hebron. Okay? You're Kadesh, you're Shechem, you're Hebron. Those are the three cities on one side. On the east side of Jordan, they chose what? Karatha Arba. Uh, well, that's Hebron. That Keep Hebron. Read past that. Mm-hmm. Bezer, what's the next one? Ramoth and Golan. Okay, Kadesh, Shechem, Hebron. Bezer, Ramoth, Golan. Okay, if I kill somebody unintentionally, 
The avenger can get me. The only way for me to be safe from the right he has to kill me is I had to get inside one of these cities. That's right. Does this make sense? Amen. I'm going to show you this exercise. Sorry, you guys, you got to stand here. If you want to go get, if you want to go get your Bibles, you can. You'll be here for a while. <laughs> During the time of David, when David was about to become king, follow me. The last king's name was Saul. Saul had a secretary of defense. David had a secretary of defense. Saul's secretary of defense was named Abner. David's secretary of defense was named Joab. One day, before David actually becomes king, while they're in between, Joab and Abner get together. And they let their men fight. Just a bunch of, just two, two secretaries of defense supporting each other, you know, just saying, okay, let's let our men fight and see which, which group is the strongest. Man, that thing got so out of hand, they started taking them, themselves by the neck and stabbing each other. And what started out as a friendly sportsmanship of war and skilled and war and skilled and, 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 and fighting turned into a bloodbath. Well, Joab had some brothers, and one of his brothers ran after Abner. Now, everybody go to 2 Samuel chapter 2. This thing is better than power, I said to the early servant. Where your Bible, man? Yeah, pull it out, man. You just stand up there looking good. You know you look good, good. Now, let me get in the Word. All right, good. Ooh, this is good. Say amen if you're following. If you're not following, you're already gone. Sorry. Meet you at dinner. 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse number 20. We got to move. Read. Then Abner looked behind him. So here Abner is running because his men are dead. Joab, uh, Joab's men, his brother Asahel, is chasing Abner. This was, a, this was supposed to be a sport, just a friendly showing of skill, of weaponry, but it turned into a bloodbath. And we know about that when something starts out friendly and before you know it, they're fighting. It's like one of those, what happened? Well, Asahel wouldn't let it go, Joab's brother. So he's chasing after Abner, read. Is that you, Asahel? Abner said, is that you, Asahel? And he answered, it is I. It's me. So Abner said to him. What did he say? Turn to your right or to your Listen, left. Listen, man, stop chasing me, man. Stop. Just turn to your right or your left, man. Leave me alone, dude. Read. And take hold of the Dude is not in there. Don't look for it. Read. And took hold of one of the young men for yourself. Okay, take one of the young guys that you were fighting with. It's, you want to fight? Keep It's over, you know? Read. And take for yourself his spoil. Read. But Asahel was not willing. Asahel was like, nah. Nah. It ain't nah. This ain't over. I want you. And as I said, the early service, I'm sure he had Dickies and some, some Converse, and a red bandana around his head and hanging out his pocket, right? So he's like, no, read. To turn aside from following him. Look, read. And Abner repeated again to Asherhel. Abner was like, look, man, stop playing. Ch stop chasing me. And he was fast. He was like, look, stop chasing me, read. Turn aside from following me. Stop following me, man. Why should I strike you to the ground? I don't want to knock you down, dude. 
How then can I lift up your face to your brother? I'm sorry. <laughs> but y'all understand what I'm saying, though, right? Don't front in here. You heard that talk. Amen. Some of you talk like that. In church, how are you? How are you? Amen. Dude, you're going to get knocked down. Amen. Hey, what? Is this the same guy leading songs? <laughs> Is that Jared over there thugging? Right, go ahead. How then could I lift up my face to your brother Joab? If I Joab? knock you down, man, how am I going to face Joab? That's the show that there was no true animosity there. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't dislike Joab, but you you taking this thing to the next level. And if I knock you down, not kill you, but if I knock you down, then how am I going to do That's going to mess me and Joab up. Look what happened. However, he refused to turn aside. He refused to turn aside. Therefore, Joabner struck him. In the belly with the butt end he of the spear. He didn't try to kill him. You know what he does? He hits him in the stomach with the blunt end, blunt end of the spear, not the sharp end. But that thing went weird. So that the spear came out of but his back. But he hit him, but the spear came out of his back. This wasn't supposed to be this. What does it say? And he fell there and died on the spot. He died. Oh, my God. He killed him, but he didn't mean to kill him. He just wanted to slow him down. This is something that got out of hand. Well, let me fast forward it. What happens is, in 2 Samuel chapter 3, what happens is Abner goes back to King Saul, and there's pandemonium. Abner is accused of messing around with King, one of King Saul's concubines. So here Abner, the secretary of defense for King Saul, gets accused, and he said, man, this ain't right. I'm leaving. And you know where he goes? He goes to King David. The problem is that he's gone to King David, who does not know about this crazy thing that happened between his secretary of defense and Abner, who is now going to King David and switching sides. Because we never think the person who we're angry at will ever switch sides. But what do you do when your enemy becomes part of the kingdom? What do you do when the person that you're hating and, and that you're wanting to see face all kinds of justice without mercy turns around and becomes part a citizen of the same king you serve? Did you see why God is the only one qualified to do justice? Because we would still go after him. Some of us come, don't even go to certain congregations because somebody that we don't like became a child of God. So he switches sides. And now Abner's talking to King David, and King David is embracing him. What do you do when God embraces the person that you consider your enemy? What do you do when your enemy becomes your brother? Do you see why we're not qualified for what justice is? Second Samuel chapter 3 switches sides, and David sends him out. He says, sure, but I'm sending you on an assignment. When David sends Abner out, somebody tells Joab, Abner was just up in this piece. Let's start. Y'all want to read it? All right, go. Second Samuel chapter 3, start with verse 22. 
And behold, get this man a mic. Get this man a mic. Go get that mic. Behold, the servants of David and Joab came from a raid uh -huh. and brought much spoil with them. So Joab is coming back from a different war and they bring him back the spoils of war. And look what happens. Read. But Abner was not with David in Hebron. Abner was not with David where? In Hebron. In what? Hebron. Wait a minute. That name sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Hebron, where have we heard that? There were six cities appointed. Kadesh, Shechem, Kerjath Arba, which is called Hebron. The six cities were also cities of refuge for people who did not kill somebody intentionally so that the avenger of blood can't kill them. The avenger of blood is in the same city that the manslayer is just in. Y'all don't see that? Let's see how this happens. You think, you think power is something. Wait till you see this. Read him. He and he had gone in, for he had sent him away and he had gone in so peace. So they tell Joab, yo, you, you, yo, yo, B, you heard Abner's up in here? David just sent him away. So now watch this. David doesn't know all of this beef between Abner and Joab, right? So Abner, Joab has to cover it up to look like something else. So look what happens. Read. When Joab and all the army that was with him arrived, uh -huh. they told Joab, saying, uh-huh. Abner, the son of Ner, came to the king. Read. And he has sent him away. Read. And he has gone in peace. Read. Then Joab came to the king and said, What did he say? What have you done? What you doing, man? Now, King David don't know the beef. So Abner has to, Joab has to dress it up to look like it's another reason. Just like we do, we manipulate things. Right? When, when we have a problem with somebody, we got to cover it up to look like something else to get support. Yeah, that's right, Doc. Because one of the games, manipulative games we play is when we don't like somebody, we don't want other people to like them either. That's right, that's right. That's still happening. That's still happening. Yeah. They don't know anything about y'all's beef. You see somebody talking to them. Why are you talking to her? Why are you talking to him? Yeah. What, what's the problem? I just heard. No, you ain't talking about what you heard. You don't like them because of some beef between y'all and you want everybody to feel like you. Stop that nonsense. That's right, Doc. But it's as old as the Bible. Read. Behold. Behold. Abner came to you. Abner came to you. Why then have you sent him away and he is already gone? How you gonna send him away like that? You know, he's already, what's up with that? Read. You know, Abner, the son of Ner, that he came to deceive you and to you learn. You know he ain't do nothing but come to deceive you. And to learn of your Is going that out? Joab's real problem? Huh. Nah. You know, he's just trying to learn your position because you know he came from Saul, and Saul is your rival. Read. He learned to learn of your going out and coming in. Read. And to find out all that you're doing. That's all he's trying to do. He's trying to get in your business. Read. When Joab came from David, uh -huh. he sent messengers after Abner. So what Joab does is he leaves David and he sends messengers after Abner. Where's Abner now? He's outside of what city? And Hebron is a city of refuge. Watch how this thing plays out. Read. 
And they brought him back from the well of Sirah. They brought him back from the well of Sirah in the name of David, read. But David did not know it. David didn't know it, read. So when Abner returned to Hebron. What happened? Joab took him aside into the middle of the gate to speak Whoa, with him Whoa, he didn't quite get in Hebron. He came to Hebron, but you had to go through a gate to get in there. Joab said, oh, can I holler at you? <laughs> Let me holler at you a bit. Y'all see this? He took him in the gate. Read. And there he struck him in the belly. He killed him and stabbed him in so the same he place. Died. Why? Because he had the right to do it. As long as Abner was not in Hebron. Do you see this? That's cruel, right? Which means that Abner was outside of grace. Y'all don't see that? Because if he got in grace, Joab would have just had to live with the fact But when, watch this, when your enemy receives grace, it's easy to hate on. David did it in 2 Samuel chapter 11. You remember in 2 Samuel chapter 11? Uh, actually in chapter 12. I'm going to run through this. 2 Samuel chapter 11, he sees a woman taking a bath on the rooftop. It happens to be one of his soldiers, his main man's wife. She's taking a bath uh, on top of the roof. You know, she's on, he's on his rooftop. She's taking a bath. He looks over and she's fine. She's all of that in a bag of chips. Okay? Let's not make the Bible real shallow. I mean, man, she was fine. I mean, David had all the, there were, he could have had any woman we find out. But him, oh, he looked at her and there was something about the soap she was using. I don't know. I know y'all can't handle this. I'm sorry. As I get older, I don't worry about what y'all think. I'm going to keep it real because on the parking lot, y'all keep it real. I'm just bringing the realness inside. She up there taking a bath. This dude was like, you know what? Find out who she is. Bring her to me. They said, we know who she is. That's Uriah's wife. The guy that's one of your main military men. He was like, bring her to me. <laughs> Can we have a good time this morning? He didn't rape her. He abused his power. They got together, slept together. She missed her period. Yeah, I don't want to hear it like that. Everybody knows what happens with that. You know what that means. You know, anybody with kids know what that means. Some of you that don't have kids know what that means because you were relieved when the person you're not married to said, oh, I'm on. The unreal people are looking at the real people like he shouldn't be saying this in church. Get your act together. You know what I'm talking about. That's the problem. The devil coming real and we got to tiptoe around the issue. We better start being as real as the devil is because the devil is getting a lot of us because we want to play. 
we get in church and want to give it different terms. No, that's exactly what's hap- what happened. He got with her because she just came off of her period. She said, I have, I'm taking a bath because I've, I, I've done all of my, my cleansing process. They had to go through a cleansing process and be unclean for seven days after their menstrual cycle. So she had just come off. He had just went in. Y'all ain't got to like it. Yeah, wow, that's wrong. If you're going to be sophisticated, stay out of my face. I'm dealing with real people, real issues. That's why the church ain't ready to minister to real people with real issues because we shocked, uh, we shocked about what we talk about in our own homes. Keep it real, Doc. Yo, check this out. She gets pregnant and he wants, because there were no DNA tests, So he tries to call Uriah from the war and tell him, go sleep with your wife. So that she can, you can think that that baby is yours. He was so loyal. He sent, David sent Uriah home, got up the next morning, and Uriah was sleeping on his steps saying, I can't, I can't go home yet. There's still a water fight. So David said, oh, okay, since you can't go home, I got to cover myself. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you in the hottest part of the battle. This is murder. It's passive murder. He's not killing Uriah himself, but he's setting him up to be killed. Because there are times we can relieve our conscience if we don't do something aggressively, but we play the passive-aggressive game. And there's too much of that passive-aggressive game taking place in church. Yeah, you won't hurt nobody, but you won't stop anybody else from hurting them. Set them up. Uriah dies in the battle. David marries Bathsheba. A year goes by. Nathan came and tells him a parable. He says, a man had a little lamb. He loved that lamb. It was his only lamb. And the ruler came along and told the man, I have some guests coming. And instead of the ruler using all of the lambs he had, he went to this one man and took his one little lamb and killed it. Nathan said, what should happen? Now, according to the law, watch this. According to the law, and that law is found in Numbers chapter 20, uh, uh, Exodus chapter 22. When you get a chance, read it. This is very interesting. In Exodus chapter 22, you'll find the laws as it pertains to property. If somebody killed somebody's lamb, the penalty was that they had to replace it. Uh-huh. That was it. When David hears this story, he's angry. And let's see what David says. Everybody go to 2 Samuel 13. Y'all got time for this? Ooh, 2 Samuel chapter 12, actually. Oh, this is good. What verse? You tell me what verse, Tim. Then... Uh, 
<laughs> I'm playing with Tim. He knows what I'm Second Samuel chapter 12, when you get there, say amen. amen. What verse is it, Tim? Uh, then David's anger burned. There you go. Greatly against the man. Verse 5. And he, he said him, to Nathan. Nathan said, what should happen? Verse number 5, 2 Samuel chapter 12. He says to Nathan what? As the Lord lives. As the Lord lives. Surely the man who has done this deserves to die. Wait a minute. The law said that the penalty for it was that he give back the lamb, Exodus 22, that he replace it. David was so mad about it that he said, man, if this guy did this and this ruler did this and took this man's, this man's only lamb, this man deserves to die. Because it's always easy to ask for justice when the justice is not pointing at you. And it's always easy to go beyond the penalty and to want the full extent of the penalty when the thing is talking about somebody else. When David said that, he said, and he should also replace that lamb. Then he comes back to the law and said he should also replace the lamb fivefold. You know what Nathan said? You're the man I'm talking about. Now David has to face what he said. Why is David now faced with his own words of what he deserves? Because it isn't until you know what you deserve that you appreciate what God gives. If you know what the law says you deserve, if you know what you deserve, then when God takes what you deserve, gives you something you don't deserve, grace, then you can say, oh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, because I should have been dead a long time ago. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm not telling you what I heard the law says I should have been dead but God but God who is full of mercy and full of grace looked at what the law said and he made a way of escape so be careful be careful when you talk about somebody else's situation because you may be the person Hello, did you hear about such and such? Yeah, his kid stole this, that, and the other. And you married to a woman that you took from another man. You the man, Jack. You heard about this, that's such and such. You know, she, he played off. He was unfaithful. I don't know what he gonna say. But you have nightly rendezvous with pornography in the absence of your... You demand, Jack. You see how we are so gung-ho for justice when it's somebody else? God, in essence, tells David, you're not going to die. But you need to know that's, that, that's what you deserve. <laughs> You said it, but that baby, the love child between you and Bathsheba, the son is going to die because justice says somebody got to pay. Grace says you don't have to pay. My brothers and my sisters, you the man. You the woman. You the woman. You're the man. 
You're the man. You're the woman. I know we like to compare ourselves to other people and what they did versus what we did. And if it's slightly similar, we say it, but it wasn't like that. At the end of the day, based on God's law, you the man. You the woman. But the beauty of it is God, who is full of justice and mercy, justice and grace, says, look, I'm not going to dismiss justice. I'm going to displace justice. Somebody's got to pay. So if you don't pay, my child will pay. So one Friday evening on Golgotha's old rugged hill, the child was paying as they stretched Jesus up on that cross, nailed his hands and nailed his feet, crown of thorns on his head. What are you doing? Justice says somebody got to pay. But grace says, I don't want you to pay. So justice has me on this cross and grace has you off the cross. I'll take your sins. You take my righteousness. I'll die like you deserve and you'll live like I deserve. Thank God for amazing grace and don't hate on it when somebody gets this amazing grace. You guys can be seated. give God some glory in this house and if you still don't get it keep living there's going to come a time when you do something whether intentionally or unintentionally and everybody's going to be crying for your head let me tell you something it doesn't matter how you feel God understands how you feel but he doesn't change what he said I was baffled. While I understood the anger and the frustration of people when Botham John's brother sat on the stand and said, I don't wish you to have to go through this. I forgive you. If that wasn't enough, ask the judge. Can I go hug her? That's against protocol. Because in most court cases, the avenger wants to get at the defendant. But the judge saw something in his spirit. That said, this is not a typical case of go up to her and take a swing. He came down and hugged her. And I was baffled at so many Christian people who asked the question, why do we have to forgive? Why we got to be so quick to forgive? And I'm not saying everybody's forgiveness and grace process is the same. But that's where you should be working toward. Because mom may not get there the same time brother got there. But if you feel with the spirit, something in you is not going to let you want to take justice in your own hands or want to see the worst. I said that a few Sundays ago, that we better be careful. Judge not that ye be not judged. Watch this. 
for with the same judgment you judge, you shall be judged. It's easy to say, why we got to be so quick to forgive if you're not the offender? But it's the same reason why you wanted mama to forgive you when you violated her trust. And sometimes we're not patient with people's forgiveness process. But we want to see other people not forgive. Now, that doesn't mean that justice was dismissed. But I saw so many children of God saying, that's not enough. But you know what Jesus was saying on the cross? He was saying, Father, that's enough. I know what they deserve, but I'm taking it. How dare the fellowship of the forgiven protest against grace? Then there are those who say, well, what about, what about the family, the mama? Well, she would be the avenger of blood, not you. The next of kin was his brother. His mom is a relative. And if we're not careful, we'll end up with a family that gave grace and a church that's calling for more justice. A family that extends grace. And a bunch of church folks protesting. We need to see more. We need to see more. You know what changes lives around? When people have their back up against the wall with what they deserve. You can't run. You can't blame anybody. You the man, David. And all he can do is just be guilty. And God says, you're going to live. It made David said, say, Lord, against you and you only have our sin. You want to see somebody repent? Give them grace. The Bible is the story of the amazing grace of God. Now this is what I want to do. I want everybody to focus I want you to think of something that you've done that you needed God's grace for. Now, it doesn't have to be something that was exposed. It doesn't need to be something that people know about. Something that you know about. Maybe nobody else. And I want you to think about how God provided a refuge. And then I want you to think about where you would be if God did not let grace take justice by the hand. 
and usher him into your presence. And I want you to think about the people who, if they knew it, would want you to pay more than what you pay. And then I want you to think about why you should extend that grace to somebody else. It takes having to have received grace to know how to give it. You ever see your kid do something and you know it's something you did when you were younger? Any real people up in here? Sometimes I watch my daughters and Jayla, Jayla's my son. Where are you, Jay? <laughs> She's the daughter that's like my son. If I had a boy, he would be like Jayla, right? And every time, every now and then, Jayla will get irritated or do something, or say something. Well, I'll, and I'm like, oh, snap. That was me. My flesh wanted to say, girl. I just smirk at times. And I think about how God waited on me. <laughs> and I say, if I made it out of that, she'll make it out. And some of the stuff I ain't made it out of, I could be a stubborn little Negro sometime. <laughs> You hear me? <laughs> so we're inviting you to the final city of refuge. Six in the scripture is the number of man. That's why the mark of the beast is 666. Six is the number of man. We want to invite you to the number of God, perfection. The seventh and final city of refuge is this. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. The beautiful thing about God is he can give grace to the offender while still giving grace to the offended. Now, this is what's going to happen. All of you don't agree with this but none of you can argue with it. The only part that can argue with it is your flesh. That's the only part that can argue with it. And so what God may have to do with some of us is allow us to be in a situation where we need grace or our kid need grace and put us on the other side of the fence because some of us are too smart for our own good and we start breaking it down. Well, that still doesn't account for this and that and the other and this and that and the other. And the reality is that uh, if it was a black person, this and that and the other. Yeah, we, we, here's the problem. The justice system is broken. We know it and we're still going to a broken justice system trying to get some fixed problems. What's wrong with us? If the car doesn't run, why would you get up every morning and crank it up, try to crank it up and go somewhere? What's wrong with us? You don't get it by now? 
it's hit and miss with man's justice system. We protest and no, we're going to protest this. This is not fair. And the hypocrisy of it is it's only not fair when somebody else does it to our people, but it's all right to do it to each other. That's hypocrisy. And then what do you do with the scripture that says there's neither bond nor free, male nor free male, Jew or Greek, but all are one in Christ. If you're not careful, your flesh will make you hate a group, whether it be an ethnic group or a social group or a community group. I hate all police. God will bless your kid to grow up and become a cop. What you going to do now? When somebody who had the hate for law enforcement has the hate toward your kid, we better get it together. Because with the same judgment we judge, we shall be judged. Everybody stand to your feet. Give God some glory. Don't hate on grace. We plan to do a preaching panel on this. Uh, some have already agreed to be part of the preaching panel because we need to talk about it. There's the social side and then there's the Christian side. Child of God. And when you don't want to conform to Christianity, people that don't want to do it will say, well, Christianity is a white man's religion. So now you got to change Christianity to be okay with not extending grace. You see how the devil is doing us? If you are not a child of God... God is inviting you into his grace. Uh, Brother Preacher, I know that if I'm going to be right, I know I got to get everything right. Here are two people that will never receive grace. One, people that don't think they're wrong. Because people who don't think they're wrong and they're always right, they don't need grace. So why you say amazing grace, oh man, God is so gracious, but you're never wrong. So why you need grace? If there's always a logical excuse for what you do and your attitude. So that the other group of people that will not receive grace are people that are drowning in guilt and that don't have faith in God's grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. You got to believe that God means what he says when he says you're forgiven. One of the things, Sister Rogers knows this, and anybody who practices in the helping profession, that you can't help anybody in counseling that won't admit they have a problem. I don't counsel people that can't tell me why it's their fault. This is a public service announcement for Mountain View. So if you're ever trying to set up a counseling session with me and you, all you got is why it's the other person's fault, see the next counselor. Because as long as it's the other person's fault, you're justified in not showing grace. But when you see your own self, when I think about what I've done. When I think about what I've done, I have to catch myself when I'm angry about somebody else because I say, whoa, 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 pump your brakes. Put it in reverse. 
because I'm saying I am a product of grace by God of justice. So if you need to come, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God?